Good evening, everybody, and welcome once again to another Wednesday night Bible study right here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. It's an honor to be with you every week. As you can see, we're in our new digs this week. We're trying to do it better and better every single week, trying to present the gospel in a way that all who hear will understand and doing it in excellence and with a little style. So I thank you for joining me tonight. Remember, as always, our prayer partners are standing by. They're standing by in the chat area, ready to pray with you. And uh, don't forget just to shout out your hellos, whether you're um, saying hello from Austell or from Macon or from Atlanta or from Bremen, wherever you are all around the world, just put in a little hello in the live chat area. If you're watching us live, letting us know where you are and uh, we'll say hello to you as well. And thank you so much for checking in with us. It's so good to see you. I pray that everyone is doing well. All right, well, what we're going to do tonight, as always, we're going to start off with a word of prayer, and then uh, we'll go right into the Word of God. Now, for those of you that are watching this on the replay, hello, everybody. Make sure that you can either comment in the comment area below. Hello, you can comment your hellos there in the comment area, or you can go to our website at kingdomrock.org, kingdomrock.org. Amen? All right, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you so very much for this time that you've given us to gather around your rich word. Lord, we pray tonight that you will speak by your spirit, that you will lead us into all truth and show us things to come. Lord, thank you for your beloved that is right now listening from all around the world, listening and watching. Lord, I ask a special blessing upon them this night. Lord, for those that have lost loved ones and for those, that are for those who have families that are torn apart, Lord, we pray that you would put those families together again. And those who have lost, have lost their loved ones, they have passed on, Lord, we pray that you would comfort them greatly in this hour. Lord, wrap your arms around your people and comfort them as only you can. And help us have comfort in your spirit, comfort in the word of God tonight, that we may grow thereby. Bless your beloved that is right now listening and watching. And Lord, keep them safe, always safe and protected. And Father, I thank you for a 100-fold return on their giving and in their living. Bless them, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We've got to get used to our new uh, studio settings here. It's a little bit different um, than, the, um, than in our last studio. So this is good. All right. All right. So last week we started talking about the path to salvation. So this is actually part number two. So if you haven't heard part number one, make sure you go back and that you listen to that and watch it. I believe it's going to richly bless you. We're going to take off from where we left off on last week. This is wonderful and I'm excited. All right. So last week, uh, we started talking about John, uh, John 1 verses 11 through 13. And let me go and read that. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read to you a few scriptures uh, that relate to believing in Jesus. It is so important to believe in Christ. You know, one person would say, well, I don't really care about religion. You know, I don't really care about all that. You know what? Neither do I. Christianity is not a religion. Religion is a set pattern or way of doing things. Religion says... I have to do work in order to appease God. 
if I do enough work, enough good work, then God will love me and maybe he will accept me. Well, that's religion. Religion is man's attempt to reach God. But Christianity is God coming down to us. And we'll see that in John 3, 16. Let's go ahead and look at that. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God came down to us. Not because we were so good, no, but because he loved us. And he sent his son uh, to die a criminal's death upon that cross so that we could have life and life eternal. I believe in Jesus, God's Savior of the world. The Savior of the world is Jesus. So the Father extends his hand to you and I and says, believe in my son. Believe in Jesus. So we're going to talk about believing in Jesus and, and how it looks tonight. So as we go a little bit further. So one thing we already know from John 3, 16, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, if you believe in him, we're going to talk about what it actually means to believe just shortly. But if you believe in Jesus, you will have eternal life. That's what John 3, 16 says. But it also says that if we do not put our faith and trust in Jesus, then scripture says that we will die in our sins. We'll get that. We'll die in our sins. Because listen, the, the whole thing about salvation is, is understanding this, that man has sinned. We have fallen short of God's glorious standard. We cannot be good enough in and through ourselves to appease God. That's why God sent the substitute, his substitute, Jesus Christ, to die in our place. The Bible says that all sin must be punished. It says specifically, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So because sin must be punished, God sent his son in the likeness of human flesh, in flesh, to die, to take your place so that his wrath, the wrath of God, will fall upon his son, will fall upon Jesus so that you and I would inherit Jesus's righteousness. The Bible declares in Isaiah 53, I just love this. I'll say this. I don't know how often the Bible says that, that God laid upon Jesus, the iniquity of us all, all of our sins fell upon Jesus. He became our sin offering. And Isaiah 53, once again, it says that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. In other words, chastisement means punishment. Jesus was punished so that you could have peace with God. He endured the cross, the shame, the agony of the cross in his death, his burial, and his resurrection so that you and I could be saved. Isn't that powerful? God loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son. That if you would simply believe in him, whoever believes in him, I love that word, whosoever, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That whoever talks about uh, the most vile person, but it also talks about the person who thinks that they are all that too. Whoever you are, regardless of your skin color, regardless of your gender, regardless of your nationality, God's speaking to you. 
And he said that he has prepared a path of salvation. And to, to receive it, it's simple. Believe. He doesn't say you have to jump cartwheels or, or do a lot of good works or pay money or pay fees. He doesn't say any of that. He says simply believe. Believe in Jesus, the one and only Son of God. So we're going to talk about that through this series called The Path of Salvation. The Father really wants you to know that he loves you just the way you are. But he loves you so much that he won't let us stay the way we are. You know, we are a broken people. We're some, some of us, we can say that we're toe up from the flow up, so to speak. We need the help of Christ in every part of our lives. So once again, thank you for joining us. So John 3, 16 says again, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, his only begotten son, that whosoever, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Again, yes, let's go there for a moment. The perishing part. Now, all sin must be punished. So God gave us a choice, gave you and I a choice. You can either stand before God and in your sins, trying to present your good works in, hoping, in hopes that your good works are good enough. You know, that's the thing, right? People do all kinds of stuff. They say, I help people with this and I, I helped that. I gave all my stuff away. I try to do good to everybody. And we think that that is good enough to meet God's standard. How can our, how can anything that we do be good enough to meet God's standard? A holy God. It can't. And it's not going to be good enough. And the Father knows that. That's why he sent his son so that you would not pay the price so that you would not die the death. As a matter of fact, when Jesus came to die for you, he not only died for you, he died as you, as your substitute. And when he rose from the grave for your justification to justify you, he not only rose for you, he also rose as you. He took your place so that you could be righteous in the sight of God the Father. And all the Father asks is that you put your faith and trust in Jesus. So that when you stand before him, and there will be a judgment day, uh, we already know this, there will be a day of judgment when all mankind will stand before the, before the Lord. And you can either stand before God in your works of righteousness, or you can stand in the righteousness that God provided through Jesus Christ. Oh, I love that. You can either try to do it your own way in sinful pride, or you can simply believe in Jesus, God's way of salvation. Mm, that's powerful. So, all right, that was John 3, 16. Uh, John, John 1, verse 11 through 13 says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, as many as received him, to them gave he power, did Jesus give power, to become the sons of God, the children of God, even to them that believe on his name. He gave you power to reconnect with God, to be his child. The Bible says to be sons of God. Sons of God is a title. It is not gender-based. It is a title. It is position with God. You are now in right relationship with God. 
The Lord said, if you, as many as believed him or as many as received him, the Lord gave you power. He authorized you with power. He furnished you with power so that you would become back in right connection with God, becoming a son of God simply by believing in Jesus. That's powerful. So that means no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter who you are, God says, come. He says, come. The word of the Lord tonight is simply, come on home. Come on home, son. Come on home, daughter. The Father is waiting for you. He's already, even in the parable of the prodigal son, the Father has already made his feast. He's already prepared to give you your robe and your ring of sonship and put shoes on your feet. He's just waiting for you to turn your heart to him. Because in life, we can believe in many things. We can believe, like we said before, that our good works are going to be good enough, but they won't. We can believe that you know, we can give our bodies to be burned. We can believe that we can be martyred and maybe God will receive us in all that. We can believe a lot of things. We can believe that we'll, we'll have the winning lottery number. We can believe a lot of things. But the Lord said, hey, there's one surefire way to make sure that you are right in the sight of God Almighty by putting your faith in Jesus. Choose to believe in Jesus, not in your works, Choose to believe in Jesus, not in your good deeds. Choose to believe in Jesus and receive him as your savior and as your Lord. He's with you even right now. I'm telling you, he loves you so much. All right, let's go a little bit further. Uh, we also looked at John, the sixth chapter, John 6, 47. It says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath eternal life. The Lord makes it simple. He who believes on him, he who believes on Jesus will have eternal life. Let's look at John 20. John 20 verse 31 says, But these are written that ye might believe, uh, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. The Father wants to give you eternal life. Now, there's one thing, too, that we can talk about just for a second. We, the human race, are, we are eternal beings. Your spirit is eternal. Your soul is eternal. It's this body that will perish, this body that will perish away. And that's one thing the devil's trying to put. He's trying to really, he has put the wool over a lot of people's faces, cover their eyes so that they can't see what is really true. Our society today and all the world focuses so much on the external, so much on the flesh. We think if we get more money, we think if we uh, have a new look, have a new appearance, we think that we'll be fully satisfied on the inside. We think we get another job, or maybe, another, maybe another spouse, maybe another boyfriend, maybe another girlfriend. Maybe we buy another car or live in another house. Maybe that's going to satisfy us. But true satisfaction and peace only comes through Jesus. It doesn't come through any other source. You can have all those things you want. You can change your appearance any way you want to. But you'll discover that no matter how far you go, there you are. You're still there. 
no matter what the condition is, because only Jesus can give you true and lasting peace. He is, the Bible declares, the Prince of Peace. And when you're born of God, the Father gives you his spirit. And the Bible also declares that the Holy Spirit is a spirit of comfort. Jesus said, I will give you another comforter. And this comforter would lead you into all truth and show you things to come. The Holy Spirit is God's comfort on the inside of you. He will lead you. He'll teach you about Jesus. He'll lead you into the Father, He'll lead you into the presence of the Father. He'll show you how to live a productive life in the kingdom of God. Yes, he will. All right, let's go a little bit further tonight. Oh, I'm, I'm loving this vibe that we have here in this studio. I hope that you are too. It is definitely different. It is definitely different um, than our previous Bible studies. So I pray that you're also enjoying this. So if you're watching us on the YouTube platform, go ahead and take a moment and smash that like button. It helps others to uh, view the content as well. And don't forget to chat in your hellos if you're watching the live. If you're not watching live, you're watching the replay, go ahead and just type in your hello there. We'll be so glad to, uh, to see you there in the chat area or in the comment area. Or simply go to our website at kingdomrock.org, kingdomrock.org. All right, let's go on further. All right, John 14 and 1 says, now this is pretty, this is a huge statement that Jesus makes here. This is huge. John 14 and 1 says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, you believe in God, believe also in me. Can you imagine that? That Jesus places himself right up there with God the Father. He says, you believe in God, also believe in me. Now, is that outlandish? Because, you know, of course not. The Bible declares also in the book of John that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the word was God. And this word, as it goes on down in John, this word was made flesh. And we beheld the glory, his glory, the glory of, of the only begotten son of God. Jesus is God. I mean, it's, it's a whole big thing. But he is. He is. He really is. He really is. So he says, you believe in God. You believe in my father. You believe in God. Also believe in me. This is powerful. And believing in Jesus, you're going to have eternal life. This is one thing that the Lord promises when you put your faith in Jesus, that you will have eternal life. All right, so let's talk for a moment about believing and what exactly that is and, and how to do it and how it looks. How do you know whether you're saved or not? Let's, let's look at that because we know the Lord Jesus is coming soon. With all the stuff that's going on in the world today and prophecy is lining up, my goodness, with Jesus on his way back, it's good to know. We're going to have to know that we're, that we are indeed saved, that we are living a life that is pleasing in the sight of God. But what does the word believe mean? All right. Now, let me give you a few definitions. One is in to believe is to think to be true. Do you believe, do you think Jesus is the Savior of the world, the Son of God, your Messiah, the one who would die in your place, the one who would grant you righteousness in the sight of God or, or, and give you peace with God? So one aspect of the word believing is to think to be true. Another aspect is to be persuaded. 
Be persuaded. I'm fully persuaded who Jesus says he is. I believe that he is the savior of the world, that he is God made flesh, that he is the son of man, really, and that he will reign and rule forever. So here again, believing means to think to be true. It means to be persuaded. It also means, I love this, and this is really the simplest one, to place confidence in. Do you place your confidence and trust in Jesus? Place your confidence in him. Again, we can place our confidence in so many things. You can place your confidence in money. Place your confidence in a job. Place your confidence in other, in other people. And there are some, I believe, some well-meaning people. But we are all flawed. You can't put your full confidence in a person, no matter how good we think that they are. Sometimes they just won't be able to be there. Not because they don't want to. Maybe something else is going on. But they can't be there for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we really should not put that type of pressure on anyone. My goodness, I've heard people say in you know this famous movie, I think uh, with Jerry Maguire, he tells the young lady that he's so much in love. This is in that he's so much loves. This is an older movie. Some of you may have seen it. Seen it. He tells her in the climax of the movie, "You complete me. You complete me." Now I understand that that is a very romantic thought, but it is really wrong. If you are expecting a person to complete you, man, that's bad because we're going to put undue pressure and stress on them to perform. You make me happy. You, you gratify me. You, you. And when we're putting that sort of pressure on people, putting them on a type of pedestal, something that they can never really live up to, can't do it. Man was never meant to meet your needs. Now, we can love each other and care for each other, but we cannot stand in God's place. Only God can truly meet all of your needs. The Bible declares there in Philippians, for my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Even in Psalm 23, it says, the Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want. We have to lean on and rely on Jesus and be fully persuaded, be confident in him that he is the one that will bring you peace. He, was the, he is the one that will bring you joy. He is the one that will bring you satisfaction, soul satisfaction. And when you're satisfied in Christ, then I'm telling you, then when you have that loving relationship with him, then you can have a relationship with other people and it won't kill them. You know, they won't say, oh, man, you're such a burden on me. You're such a this, you're such a that. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. You love them, but you know when somebody's really putting a demand on you and they're expecting you to really be there. Now, I'm not talking about someone that maybe has a sick loved one and you have to, you have to care for them. That's something completely different. But if, you know, if you're in a relationship with someone who is able-bodied in all everything being even, all things being equal, everything is fine, but they're constantly pulling on you, constantly wanting you to cheer them up. They're constantly wanting you uh, to speak a word to them. They're constantly, in other words, you become their source, their sole source for happiness and joy. Who can live up to that? That's not what God called us to do. He is the one that is to be there in that place for them. 
And when he's in that place for us, you can enjoy the company of others when God is first. All right. So, so one of the definitions of the word believing that I like is, of course, to place your confidence in. It also means to trust in Jesus or God as able to aid either in obtaining or in doing something, in this case, saving faith. You're trusting in him to save you. You're trusting in him to deliver you from your sins. You're trusting in him to forgive you of all of your sins. You're putting your trust and faith in him. You are entrusting him with your soul. That's powerful. Trusting in Jesus, believing in him, simply means to trust in him. Put your confidence in him. Hallelujah. Now, full confidence and trust does not mean that you have a backup plan. You know, I'll stick with this Christian thing until something else happens. No, that's not trust. And that's not what the Lord's asking for either. He's asking for your full confidence, your full assurance. He's asking you to look to him. Even if you need wisdom, the father said, if you need wisdom, need to know how to do something, he said, ask of me. He said, and, and he'll give it to you liberally. And uh, he won't talk about you, right? Abrade if not, he won't do it. He'll love you and he'll give you what you need. Now, as the Lord is your source, many times he will say, okay, you talk to me. Now, let me tell you what to do. Go here, go there, go there. Let him always be your first stop. The Bible declares, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So hear me, child of God. Jesus is to be your source. He's to be your source. As I also recall there and also in the book of John, the Lord says that he is the vine and we are the branches. He says the father is the husbandman or the, or that is the gardener, right? And he says that again, Jesus is the vine. He, Jesus is the trunk of the tree and we are branches that are growing off of him. So with every branch, and I love this illustration that the Lord gave, with every branch upon that tree, that those branches depend on the sap or the nutrients that come from the trunk of the tree. We pull from him. We lean on Jesus. We rely on him for strength. Maybe you need strength right now. Maybe you need healing right now. Maybe you need comfort right now. Then I just challenge you just to relax for a moment and say, Lord, I receive this from you. I receive this from you. I receive it from you. All right? So he gives us these, Im this, these images, and he says, without me, you can do nothing. So we have to put our faith and trust in Jesus. Now, there are four hallmarks, and we won't get to all of them tonight. Maybe we'll get to the first two. There are four hallmarks that I can give you, or five, and we may be adding more later on. Um, of someone that says, I believe in Jesus. Well, there are, there are certain hallmarks, we can say, or certain points or checkpoints that believing in Jesus would cause uh, in someone's life when they really believe. It's just like someone says, well, I'm, I'm going to go jump in the water. But when they get out of the water, we should expect them to be wet, Right. If you've gotten in the water and that you being soaking wet tells us that, yes, it, it's true indeed that you got into the water. Right, by the same token, someone says, I believe in Jesus and I have received him as my Lord and Savior. We should see these signs or these hallmarks that that is absolutely true. 
Let's look at the first one here. Believing in Jesus means, number one, doing the works of Jesus. Doing the works of Jesus. And as we mature in him, you'll see this happening. In John 14, verse 12, John 14, verse 12 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. So Jesus says it very plainly. You believe in me, you're going to do what I do. You're going to follow my pattern. You're going to follow my example. And that's really the true nature of a Christian. The word Christian means Christ-like or follower of Christ. Those that are like him. Jesus says the works that I do, they're going to be doing it as well. This is one indication of someone that believes in Jesus. They begin to follow after him. They begin to do what he has done. And I believe that also includes working of miracles, signs, and wonders. And as we grow and mature in him, the works that Jesus did, you're going to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So it includes signs and wonders. It also, also includes comforting and being there with people. It includes praying for them. It includes being the hands and feet of Jesus. What Jesus did, you're going to do as well as we believe in him. Let's look at the second one. Believing in Jesus uh, means actually following him. You believe him, so you're going to follow him. You're going to be a disciple. Let's look at John. Let's look at John, the eighth chapter, John 8, verse 30 through 32. And it says this, And as he spake these words, many believed on him. Get this? As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So believing in Jesus means, number one, continuing in his word, continuing in his teachings. We say we believe in Jesus. Well, then that means that we're going to have to continue in what he says, continue in his teachings. He said, if you continue in my teachings, follow what I say, then you are my disciple. You are really my follower, right? So those who believe in Jesus will continue in what he said. So let's read that again. Uh, John 8 verse 30 says, as he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. He's speaking to a Jewish audience at that time. He's also speaking to us today, Gentiles. Gentiles are non-Jews. All right. So he's speaking to the Jews and to the Gentiles. He said, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you know the truth and truth will make you free. All right. Let's look at another one. Um, let's go to third point. Those who believe in Jesus will also love each other, love those that love those that love Jesus. They'll love humanity. Let's look at this. John 13, 35. John 13, verse 35 says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. If you love each other, this is that one of those hallmarks, 
Remember, if you jump in the water and come up, we expect you to come up out of that swimming pool or out of that lake. We expect you to come up wet. By the same token, if you believe in Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, number one, we believe that you'll do the works of Jesus, right? Number two, we believe that you will follow or that you will follow Jesus. You follow his teachings, right? Number three, we believe that you will love others. You'll love other people. More importantly, or I think more directly, he's talking about that you'll love the other disciples of Jesus. He says, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye you, if you have love one to another. So it's loving others that love Jesus or loving others that in relationship with Jesus and also loving the world as well. Those who do not have a relationship with the Lord. You'll know them, we'll know them by their love. You'll know them by their love. That's another good wet moment, right? You'll know them by their love. If they come up covered with love, we know they believe in Jesus. Now, this fourth one, we'll just start here because this is sort of lengthy. This is sort of lengthy. So I don't want to really get in all of it and then not be able to finish it. But the fourth one means um, love for Jesus. Or not the fourth one, but I think the fifth one. But the fourth one is loving for Jesus. So this is not the long one. Or the fourth one is loving Jesus. If you believe in him, you'll love him. Let's talk about this for a second. Um, and no, it's the sixth one. That's what I want to say. It is the sixth one that's the longest one. Thank you, Lord. And thank God that I have a few things written down. So the fifth thing is, well, the fourth thing that uh, if someone believes in Jesus, this is what we also, also ought to see, that they should have a love for Christ. We love one another, but we should also have a love for the master himself. Let's look at this, and we're going to get this out of the Amplified Bible. First uh, John, the fifth chapter, verse number one, says, Everyone who believes with a deep abiding trust in the fact that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, is born of God. That is, reborn from above, spiritually transformed and renewed and set apart for his purpose. And everyone who loves the father also loves the child born of him. All right. So you say you love God, then you ought to love Jesus too. You say you love the father, you love the son. That's someone that believes in Jesus. And I love it also in the Bible. It says, how can someone say, I love God, but you hate your fellow man? I can say you love God whom you, whom you haven't seen, but you don't even love those that you do see. No, that's wrong. Have a love for Jesus means you're going to love each other. And if you're truly born of God, you will love Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you. And the more we learn about him, the more I love him. Everything he says, all these hallmarks are progressive. Everything grows. Your belief and trust in him Everything grows, and that's actually the sixth thing. Fifth thing, we're going to end up here tonight, and we're going to pray. Let's look at our time. Okay, yeah. The fifth thing is tonight, uh, those who are born of God, born of God, are led by the Spirit. 
led by the Holy Spirit. Let's look at it. John, or rather, uh, Romans, Romans 8, verse 14. Romans 8, 14 says this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, we already know from the book of John that uh, those who believe in Jesus, those who have received him, the Lord has given them power to become sons of God. Well, then Romans, the eighth chapter, verse 14, says that the sons of God uh, are being led of the Spirit. So those who believe in Jesus are sons of God, and the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. So if you believe in Jesus, you will be led by the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit in your decisions, led by the Spirit. Now, that's some things that we will do unconsciously and sometimes consciously as we will just pray. Father, lead me by your spirit. Lead me to all truth. Tell me what to do. Tell me where to go. And many times as we, again, submitting our lives unto Jesus, believing in him, trusting in him, leaning on him and relying on him as our source, as our, for our source or as our source, as our salvation, as our Lord, as our King, as we're doing this, He's leading us behind the scenes. He's leading us by his spirit. All right. So next time we're together, we're going to be talking about our progressive walk, the progressive walk that the believer has in faith because they believe in Jesus. So I hope that you've gotten something out of these uh, points tonight. And I hope you've gotten a, a clearer picture of what it means to actually believe in Jesus. So we're going to go even more throughout the entire series. So if you didn't pick something up tonight or last week, stay with us. I believe that you will uh, get a greater revelation or greater understanding, should I say, as we go through the entire series. Just know that the Father loves you so much that he gave his son for you. The only requirement that he asks, he doesn't ask you to jump through hoops. He asks you to believe in Jesus, to lean on him, to rely on him, to trust in him, to put your confidence in Christ Jesus. How does that begin? How does that start? Well, it always starts with a conversation. When you meet somebody for the first time, even though the Father knows you, but when you're meeting him for the first time, uh, from our perspective, you want to start off with a conversation. And prayer is a conversation. So there are no magical words, no magical formulas in order to be born of God. You simply have to believe. But the Lord tells us to repent, to turn, believe. And if you, as you believe in Jesus, repentance is a part of it. Repentance means to change your mind, change the way you think about things. And that happens. The more and more you get into the Word, the more and more you grow in the Word, the more and more you understand. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the more, it, the more uh, we'll experience repentance, the more turning we will do. Repentance is not a one-time event. No, it's for the rest of your life. I've still been a pastor, minister for a number of years, a long time, decades, and I'm still repenting because the Lord shows me things okay. He shows me his word here, and I was thinking this, but it wasn't this, it's that. He's, he's showing me different ways to go, different things to do, how to live better, how to love better, how to forgive better, how to relate to other people who don't like me better. You know, every day we're having the choice to repent.
and I'm choosing to repent and to turn to him. All right, so the relationship can start with a conversation. So as you're believing in Jesus, as you have believed in him, let's go ahead and just say this short prayer together. How about that? So we know that the prayer does not save you, but believing in Jesus saves you. Let's have this conversation. So would you pray with me as we talk to God um, together? Would you pray with me? You say, I've been, I've been saved. I'm saved and saved for a number of years. But would you pray with us anyway? And let's just believe the Lord for greater things in your life. Maybe you're just beginning with Christ or maybe you've been with the Lord for a number of years. But I'm sure we can still pray this prayer together. All right, let's pray. Father, let's just, you can repeat after me if you want. Father, I, I'm, I'm your child. And I come to you because I believe in Jesus. I choose to believe in him. And I receive him as my master, as my Lord, and as my savior. I place my confidence in his ability to make me right with you and to forgive my sins and make me righteous in your sight. I admit I have sinned. I've done so many things that were wrong, but I ask you to wash me and cleanse me with the blood of Jesus. Now, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to be led by your spirit every day and walk in a way or live in a way that is pleasing unto you. Help me to grow in you and fulfill my destiny in Christ. I thank you, Father, that you've received me because I choose to believe in Jesus. Now help me to walk this out, to live this out, to bring you great glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. The first conversation. So I believe if you trusted in Jesus, then you have now passed from death unto life, the scripture says. And I say, welcome to the family of God. Not because we prayed a prayer, but because you trusted and believed in Jesus. Now continue those conversations with him. Talk to the Lord all the time. Get a special time with just you and him, whether it's three o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the afternoon, or it's, whether it's in your car or in your closet, just talk to him. Get in his word. You can go over the scriptures that we went over tonight. If you like, watch this video again. Open your Bible and just begin to read through. There are several good Bible apps that will help you read the Bible through in, in one year. Just acknowledge his presence. Know that he's there with you and know that he loves you. I'll be back with you on next week and we'll continue in our journey. So it's going to be great. Remember, if you're watching us by way of YouTube, hit that like button there and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already done so. If you're watching us by way of Roku or on the website, uh, you can always go to our website at kingdomrock.org, kingdomrock.org. Leave us a comment there. We'd be glad, so glad to hear from you. And, and while you're on the website, if you feel the Lord leading you to give into the ministry, then you can hit the Give button and give a financial donation. We appreciate you so much. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. I'll see you on the next time. All right, bye-bye now.